welcome to what is our first actual episode of our Sedgemore Trade Talk podcast. For those of you who didn't listen to our trailer, I'm James Watton and I'll be here every week with Andy Clements. Watton, Watton. Uh, we are talking about the trade and today we focus on dairy cattle and welcome senior auctioneer Derek Biss. We're also going to have a chat with Will Luke about how he got into farming through a talented farm and now runs a thriving dairy business along with various diversifications. And of course, we'll be putting Derek through our farming quiz with 60 seconds on the clock. No pressure to Derek, but our test run with Ryan Doble got an impressive nine points. So to start off with the trade today, we had 1,700 cattle through Sedgemore here and 4,683 sheep. There were 802 stores today, topping at 1590 for the chapels from Axminster. There was 374 Sturks, which topped at 950 for a limousine steer from J.A. and G. Oldworth. Slightly quieter on the calves, with 356 forward, up to 350 for Patrick Biss with a blue bull. And a special ewe breeding sale meant we had over 4,600 sheep, ewes to 275, stock rams to 400, coal rams to 268, and store lambs to 122. And a bumper entry on the dairy, I believe. I think this is an apt time to introduce our senior dairy auctioneer, Derek Biss, to talk us through uh, the day that's just passed. Oh, thank you, gents. So I have to say before I start, this is a bit like being a competitor of I'm a celebrity, get me out of here, because I'd like to be got out of here. But there you go. And uh, I presume I don't know which one's Dick and which one's Ant. But anyway, <laughs> yes, you're asking me a question about my uh, the, the dairy. A record entry for so far this year, 175 entered. What a day, what a trade, what a crowd everything's a bonus on a day like today. Absolutely. I, I was in the ring, obviously, with you, Derek, and a bumper crowd around the ring, especially. Well, let's look at the trade today. I think we all expected it to be down. There's talk of uh, lower milk prices in January, but I think it's the milk buyers that are talking those prices down along with Mr. Potter. But uh, no sign of it today. Great crowd, and uh, the number of cattle over 2,000 spoke for itself, up to 2,400. So a good trade today. Cannington College or Bridgewater and uh, Somerset College, as they're called, uh, Bridgewater and Taunton College, as they're called, great entry from them. And, uh, you know, calved heifers, 15 of them approaching 2,000 apiece up to 2,004. So trade's good. Trade's going to be good. Just looking at the Farmer's Guardian this morning, here are Meg Elliott up at uh, Leak Auctions. I see she's got a sale uh, next week and we've got a sale next week and there's no other sales advertised. So the trade's not going to drop. The numbers aren't out there. And uh, we're well blessed. We've got a tremendous run, actually, up until the end of the year with dispersal sales, all of a sudden having had a quiet period. Yeah, so we're looking promising for us. And is that just for the fresh milk or does that sort of tie in with the young stock as well? No, the young stock trade it defied logic today. You know, we're coming in, shortage of food, but quality cattle, mind you, from our vendors and a trade that exceeded expectation. Yeah, nice run from Ollie Reed today at Beacon Hill and also uh, some good served heifers. And bullers from uh, Somerset, Holsteins. Yeah, the calf heifer trade quality counts, but my word, they sold well over 1,700 again today. It's promising. And, and the word is that uh, January, February, even, you know, those sort of cows calving, they're going to be wanted. Moving on from the dairy trade, we've aimed this uh, podcast at being focused on sort of farming opportunities. And obviously with certain people selling with us and sort of coming out of milk potentially for retirement or other reasons, that naturally brings some opportunities. We are sort of touching upon some of the county council opportunities where they have got three or four farms to let. Derek, I know you've spent a lot of time in your sort of long career bringing people into farms, taking them out the other end as they retire. What would you be saying to people who are thinking, is this a time to go into the dairy industry? Should I grasp the opportunity? It's always a good time to go into the dairy industry. It's a solid industry to be in. It's a bit controlled by supermarkets. But at the end of the day, if you're prepared to put the work in, there's not a better enterprise to be in. 
Again, that sort of uh, monthly milk check, there's nothing like it, is there, in farming? The key to the success in the dairy industry is hands-on. If you're hands-on and you're Mr. Average and above, there's always going to be a good living in producing milk. As again, something we've shared on our socials and we've just James has just touched upon, there has been a few farms out for Devon County Council at the moment, up for let. So we thought that was the ideal sort of thing to talk about on our first podcast. We have called in Will Luke, who is a, uh, a farmer down at Plymouth. He started off on a uh, talented holding with the County Council, and we have managed to collar him for uh, a bit of time to give some of his advice to those of you who might be thinking these opportunities are there, should you be grabbing them? Will, welcome along. Thank you. Would you mind giving us sort of a brief background to your sort of farming history? So I started in just before the year 2000 at Churchland's Farm, which James would know very well, so he lives there at the moment. I think we stayed there for three or four years, and then we moved back to help take on my parents' business, and that's where we farm now at Plymouth. Great little farm to learn on, because any mistakes you made, and there were many, were small. You weren't reliant on the business to earn all your income. What would your thoughts be for someone who's sort of stepping into a bigger holding with more acreage and more sort of capital and more finances tied into it? Experience, James. You know, you cannot have enough experience in this job and, you know, working. You've got to you've got to earn your experience. You can't buy it and you've got to make your own mistakes. So working on other people's farms, working for other people. Best thing about experience is whether it's good experience or bad experience, it is experience. And what you need is experience. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Sometimes learning what not to do is just as good as learning what to do. It is, it, really? yeah. And the mistakes you make, you will learn from them. You are going to make mistakes. If you can make them on somebody else's farm with somebody else's kit or animals, that's a lot better than on your farm. In terms of your sort of business setup, Will, if you don't mind me mentioning too much, you're obviously milking several cows. You've quite a sort of approach to diversification. You're quite open-minded about those sort of things. Would you sort of have any experiences or any feedback for people who are thinking they're taking on the farm that they should be doing lots of a diversification or not at all? We had the opportunity to buy our farm 14 years ago. We did take that chance. So we've got a massive mortgage. So we do have to earn a certain amount of profit each year to pay for that. So that does put us under a, you know, quite a lot of pressure to do that and diversify. When you farm, you know, we milk 150 cows. And when that is dictated by milk prices, things you can do to increase your milk price a little bit on quality and such like, but you can command what milk price we're going to get. So if you can diversify and have some income streams coming into the farm outside of your main business, and that is brilliant. It really does help. Most of these diversifications have a certain amount of setup costs, you know, to do it. But once it's set up, it tends to run by itself. So we do livery and my love of horses goes up and down. Sometimes I can't stand them, and sometimes I think they're actually they're quite good little owner. Far from providing a stable and an acre of ground, you don't have to touch them that much. That sounds more of a love of the income, Will, than the horse. They are definitely. Yeah, they're vermin, aren't they? They are vermin on a dairy farm, horses. <laughs> At the moment, we've only got one horsey girl with multiple horses, and that's brilliant. You only deal with one person, and she ain't got anyone to fall out with. You want to think about your marginal land. So we've got an old wood that we never use. So we've rent that out to a lady that does forest schools. And we've rented a bit of land for a lady to grow flowers. You want to look at yeah. marginal land or stuff that isn't earning you a lot and try to max out on that income. I think something that you, you've sort of struck upon is you're trying to add value to parts of the farm that you're not really yeah. using as well. Just to take you back, Will, to um, Churchlands <laughs> and, and something we always sort of 
talk a lot about when we've got new people going into farms. How did you sort of approach it? And have you got any advice to anyone on financing both the stock and the machinery to enable you to start farming? There's various ways of doing it. None of them are particularly easy. Either have deep pockets. That's not easy. When you're getting your experience on other farms, there is opportunities with the host farmer. Can you rear on their excess stock? You know, can you build up a herd or flock of animals that you can then take with you? So that will reduce your capital outlay. And a lot of farmers are up for this. I've got a good friend that, you know, they will literally lease back the cows off their herdsman until he's ready to move. And then he takes his cows, his young stock and his calves. He literally takes on that excess heifer calves every year. So there are ways of doing it. None of them are particularly quick and none of them are easy. The other option, you know, I went into dairying. I found a friendly farmer that was selling up for all my cows from that one farm. He allowed me very good payment terms. So we didn't ask for the cows until I'd had, I think, at least six months of milk checks coming in. And that was a phenomenal help. The other option is dairy cows are expensive, so don't start with dairy cows. Buy calves, buy bullion heifers, they're cheaper. It's going to take you 18, you know, 18 months to start milking. In that time, use the farm for some of our, you know, shorter turnaround income. I think that's uh, about where we're coming to. James, have you got any last questions? Just the last one from me really will be, would you do it all over again? Yes, I would do it again, definitely. You know, do a lot of things differently than what I did first time. A lot of it is making mistakes. You know, you've got to make mistakes. And I've made some monumental cock-ups in my farming career. You adapt. Everything that hurts you will cost you money. You know, you don't want to happen again. As a final comment from me, it would be remiss of me not to have asked the most monumental of those farming cock-ups you want to raise with us. I'll be embarrassed, James. <laughs> oh, really? Is it that bad? Oh, terrible. <laughs> but everybody will appreciate that. Thank you very much, Will, for joining us. It's been uh, My pleasure. hugely insightful. Thank you very much. A big thank you to Will Luke for taking this time to talk to us today. Something we really have taken from it is experience, every day you learn, and adaptability. Derek, over your career, you've seen many people in and out of new farms. How have things changed over the years and what advice would you have? Oh, crikey. 40 years is a long time in the business. How's it changed? I think the ones coming in today haven't got the control over their business that they had 20 or 30 years ago. I think there's so much being dictated to them, red tape. That's going to be the hardest thing for any young lad. He's not going to be able to come in and just farm. He's also got to be a businessman as well, and that's not easy. Going forward, hopefully with a, a decent government, we'll see the red tape taken out of it so they can concentrate on doing what they can do good, and that's actually manage their farms. We've covered the dairy trade, and we've covered a few of those opportunities out there in terms of new entrants. So I think the time has come, Derek, to line you up for our quickfire farming quiz. He's been asking for the questions all day, but don't worry, we haven't given them to him. No, we are setting you up against uh, our previous contestant from last week, Ryan Dable. So we've gone from one of the youngest members of staff to perhaps one of the oldest. Can I just interrupt there? Because I'm not going to answer the questions too quickly so that people at home get a chance to get the answer before I do. <laughs> um, yes, well, no, you've still got 60 seconds on the clock. So as many as you get, we will have a win. And we've got Will Handel coming in next week. You'll all be put on a leaderboard. Yeah, so if you, you haven't answered the first question by then, Derek, we, uh, we can leave it the week and we can have a chat about it afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> so as soon as James asks the first question, we'll start the timer. You've got 60 seconds. You cannot pass, so if you don't know the answer, you've just got to guess. And when time is up, if we've started the question, we'll finish it and give you a quick opportunity to answer it. 
So at what climate conference did farming unions demand more investment for green farm energy? No idea. That's an answer. <laughs> what was the top price dairy today? 2,400. Correct. Who is the oldest partner in GTH? I am. No, I'm not. Tony Overhill is. He's a month older than I am at 63 and a bit. When is BPS due to end? 2027. Correct. Name something a farmer does at night. Something a farmer does at night? Yeah. Produce babies. Oh. <laughs> or he could well be checking his cows before he goes to bed. I think both of them are right. Correct. Two answers there. You're an Emmerdale Farm fan. Watched How old is life? it? Emmerdale, 50 years. Big year. And what noise does a cow make? Moo. Uh, we've got time for just one last question. What is the record dairy price at Sedgemoor? Oh, that's easy. 15,000 would be guineas. Do you want the vendor for an extra mark? It might have been David Jones. Absolutely correct. And that's your time up. I didn't get any wrong. You, well, yeah, you, start, you started with uh, not knowing the answer not, to uh, the wrong climate answer? conference. COP27, okay. which uh, Ryan dropped in last week. Yeah, I realise that now. You were even right on BPS, despite... Uh, Perfect. Yeah, well, I'm a keen BPS man. <laughs> keen professional <laughs> man. Yeah, so a quick tally up by my calculations is a 10, depending on whether the man gets a bonus point for his cow noise. Definitely, if it beats Ryan. I can't yeah. believe it either. We've given him two points for what a farmer does at night. One for the correct one and one for the sleazy one. Are we too generous here? Perhaps. Perhaps. We yeah, might have no. to make some harder questions for next week. If it's a tie break, you can ask me an easy one. <laughs> uh, no, currently you're in the lead, believe it or not. I'm but good. Um, yeah. technically you're the first one. We only had a test run last week. Yeah. Correct. With age comes wisdom. Well, you've got Will Handle next week. He's a lot brighter than I am. <laughs> so we've currently got Derek at the top of our leaderboard. So yes, we're right. We've got Will Handle next week. So where we take a focus onto the store cattle. And we are also talking about the sale of land and farms as well. So Will's going to help us out with that, as long with a special guest as well. Just before we finish, uh, one last question. I think we'll just ask around the table, what have we got on this week? Oh, we got a good week. Uh, dairy sale on uh, Thursday, and we welcome Gwyneth Richards down to, for a joint instruction to John Biddle's Great Herd of Cows and a continuing dispersal sale for Dennis's and uh, a lot of other collective buyers. So a lovely week this week with 365 dairy cattle here on Thursday. I'm dealing with a couple of planning applications, agricultural workers' dwellings and the like, as well as the various sort of grant work that forms my week. Fantastic. Yes. Well, I've got the dairy sale with Derek, of course. We've also got the online fodder sale finishing this Thursday as well. And we are just setting up as well our online machinery sale, which goes live this week to finish the following. So please do get in touch if you've got anything to include in that one. James, what's the fodder trade like? Uh, we haven't had any uh, too many auctions as yet. We have sold some private treaty and there has been a bit shifting sort of here and there. There's a lot of high expectations due to the drought summer. We've had sort of people with a fairly short mountain of fodder. Whether too much will change hands in sort of the, the coming months, a lot of vendors are looking to hold off until the uh, spring, as is often the case. But there is seemingly a demand there. The demand is there. It's just at what price. So there we have it. I think we're about done. Have you got any last comments, James? Thank you to Derek for, for joining us and hopefully we'll bring a bit more youth next week with Will Handle.